Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. We're uh, obviously we're recording this in a, a weird time, just generally. Uh, but this is a, a specifically weird day too. Uh, we're we're recording this uh, the, the day of a, a Tuesday night football game, which is, I believe, typically not a thing that we get. Uh, although, who knows if you're listening to this in the future once. Uh, once they've actually changed the structure of the weeks so that there are 10 days in a week, so there can actually be 10 days of football in a week. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. this will be quaint. Uh, but it's it's Tuesday night football day. It's also the beginning of uh, an invented holiday uh, conceived oh, of one. by our corporate overlords. Yeah. Um, I bought a food processor today, but in my defense, I was going to buy it anyways. I just had an extra $10 to use on it today. How Um, how dare you not buy it from your mom-and-pop food processor shop? See, and that's uh, – this is a discussion for a different time. But, like, I went to the the maker of its website, and it was like, basically, do not buy from us directly. I was like, all right, fine. You don't care. You're not a small business. There aren't small business food processor makers. So – I'm making excuses for myself. Let's not discuss that. We'll do that later. Or or we won't. <laughs> uh, but hey, so obviously, you know, I think the, the core story of this podcast over the last six months is, hey, everything's been thrown out of whack by COVID. Uh, but the two of you just got to experience something uh, that has been uh, altered a great deal, uh, and, I, and I'm curious about it uh, because I know I've had lots more time on my hands to like listen to music, mm-hmm. but uh, you guys didn't just listen to music, correct? That's correct. Yes, uh, we we attended a. Uh... I mean, Max, are we saying we attended a concert? I, we, yeah, I think so. We witnessed a concert in the only form that the concert could be witnessed, which was... We saw a concert. You beheld. We we beheld a concert, uh, I guess you'd say virtually. Yeah. Um, It was was streamed live. Yes. Ooh. Uh, Live in the sense of it was recorded live um i i because well because there were there were three different shows so to speak um yeah so so on friday night uh max and i witnessed a beheld a concert done by future islands um uh big big pro future islands on this podcast um their new album came out on friday and they put on a concert uh for people that bought a ticket to the show, for the show, to behold the show. Um, and this is, for the most part, and, and Sean, we can actually reference a, a 
podcast we like a lot here, which is uh, the distraction. Um, you know, this is really the only option for if you want to do concerts in the music business right now. And uh, the artists definitely are struggling to figure out how to, to keep that engagement. Um, yeah. It was weird. It's weird. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that there are, are maybe sort of slightly differing points of view on it because I did not beheld this concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and so I, I still have uh, no particular experience with the, um, with the live virtual concert. Yeah. That said, I mean, I'm not unfamiliar with the virtual concert. It's just yeah. they record big concerts all the time. Like mm-hmm. you can, you know, I, I wasn't born until 1992, but I could watch the Monterey Pop Festival in its entirety tomorrow night if I wanted to. Yeah. So I guess. So that is sort of the baseline that I'm starting from, but I've also been to a fair number of concerts back in the olden times, uh, back in the before. And like the best thing about going to concerts is being there in person and, you know, tapping into like a shared energy or, or whatever other vaguely yeah. hippie thing you want to say about it so like how 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 did they tr- even try to capture something like that if they did at all um so i don't i don't go to a lot of concerts so pierce would be better at answering that specific question um i would say that they it was it was different from watching like a recorded regular concert in a lot of ways um i think we'll get into the production in in a little bit but specifically in terms of engagement i mean there was not a ton of like speaking to the audience but there was enough of it to know that it's like yeah this is this is weird (laughs) um you know we're in this together but this is weird i think one of my favorite parts that wouldn't happen in a regular filmed concert was at one point when um, Samuel Herring was like, all right, guys, this is the time when you can turn your volume up at home. Like, <laughs> as in, like, <laughs> you know, I thought that was really neat because it was like, yeah. they would never, you never hear that in a regular concert, but for them it's like, all right, let's turn the volume up for this one. <laughs> like, and- um, so, like, little things like that I felt like were definitely um, helpful in connecting you to the, to the band um, in an intimate mm-hmm. way that you can only really get from a live performance. Yeah, and and I think that um, Future Islands was actually in a really good position to do it. Um, I think we'll get into in a moment some of the different approaches to, to the production and, and the environment where these were held. Um, but this is a group that, that Samuel T. Herring, Hemlock Ernst, for, for some of you, uh, is a very emotional guy, and then the rest of the band is is very deadpan. When you think of Future Islands, you think of him. You think of the David Letterman uh, appearance where he just goes berserk. And I've come to realize now this is, I think, the third time I've I've quote unquote seen them. I've beheld them. Uh, is is that some of his dancing, which is strange, and his movements are choreographed and like some postmodern dance guy. He's he's out there, um, and he's doing it so. 
So you feel there's there's something there that he's always doing and it's familiar and it's good to see that. That is consistent. Um, he's also an extremely emotional dude. Uh, basically all the concerts I've gone to, he's he's cried, I think. Um, and he seemed like he probably did that last night. And I thought that was great um, that, that that was there. But what's missing is that part of that comes from feeding off of a crowd and I can only imagine the the emptiness of realizing the crowd's not there. And that's got to be really hard. And I will point to um, – because this is actually – I'm looking at it. This is the seventh of at least eight, quote-unquote, uh, concerts I'm going to this year because I went to a Sasami concert and I signed up to do the five Waxahachie albums. She played each album um, straight through of her five albums. And there I I also saw her struggling with not having the crowd there and feeding off of that. But of all things, she turned to the comment section <laughs> that was oh, scrolling no. as she played, which scared me. But at the same time, I will say this, <clears throat> especially that type of music, which is you know acoustic for the most part and, and uh, emotional way that I think is very appealing to um, you know, groups who are, are – happy to share their emotions that way it became very nice and and sweet um that they're talking about shared experiences so it goes it can cut both ways yeah that was a a a joking oh no just because that's the 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 sentiment that any comment section ever engenders but also you know don't want to lose the thread of these are things these are events that you have to pay for a ticket for. Like you have to self-select mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. and so I have to imagine that that really um, <clears throat> that scrubs out a lot of the internet scumbags. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm now realizing as we talk about this, two things: one, that we have totally run the bell joke into the ground and should probably stop that, um, and two, that I actually have. Not not as it was happening, but I have watched what was a live-streamed virtual concert. Uh, mm. They had a virtual festival at Red Rocks. Oh. And I watched Phoebe Bridgers and her band uh, play there. And I just, I was, I was really, in a lot of ways, I was very bummed watching it because some of the stuff on her latest album is like really big and huge and it would have been amazing to hear it it was very cool to hear it played from red rocks anyway but it would have been Mm -hmm. even just like on a whole other level to you know to hear ten thousand people lose their minds while it happened uh but they they even let in some audience participation in the form of um it, like basically letting the audience, the live audience, vote on what the encore song would be. Oh. So that was like, you know, finding finding little ways for, um, for engagement it seems like it's kind of the only thing you can do because you've lost the big engagement of, you know, tangibly being in the room together. Yeah, and <clears throat> you kind of got to it a little bit, and, and it helps It helps define things as well, which is, yes, these are tickets we had to pay for, paid for these shows, which I'm really happy to do because, you know, how else to – after hearing from the locks last week, um, 
album sales, even if you drop an album right now, you're not making really any money off that. It is the the touring and everything. And one thing that uh, Katie Crushfield mentioned a bunch is, you know, she her band is is struggling mightily because they expect her to go on a tour and and get this. And and I'm sure she's I know that she's supporting them, but it's really really hard. Um, so like with these with these concerts yeah you're paying for them and i i think it is going to a concert i'm i'm going to say that going forward because this is the only way to experience it you can't go there in person you can only do it through this this virtual setting which um you know some places have done a good job setting those up it's it's very different and i think much better than a lot of people were doing instagram live um and and stuff like that but Another thing you mentioned, Sean and and Max, I'd be curious your take too. Even as someone who doesn't go to a lot of concerts, but one thing I've kind of noticed, and this is why the com- the comment section worked, but I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing, is these shows end up being maybe a little too niche for people who like going to concerts because they're at a concert and are maybe they're there for the opening act or maybe they're there just because their friend said, "Hey, this could be a good time." That's kind of wiped out right now. And I enjoy sometimes you go to concerts and there's a big exodus after the opening act and then you can reposition yourself or there are people who are left over and they're wowed by this group they've never seen before or, or vice versa. I go and um, all of a sudden, as I did, I'm there for Modest Mouse and what's this band from Philadelphia called Hopalong? They're cool. Now I've seen them a billion times. So you lose some of that with these really niche audiences. So what I would say to that is that I don't think that that is a unique phenomenon to con- like post-pandemic virtual concerts. Like the the overarching thrust of the internet and technology over the last decade has just been personalize everything, narrow <laughs> niche audiences for every single possible thing that we can think of. So mm-hmm. I, you know, it, it's more. Uh, it's it's symptom not disease, but yeah. I, that is it's an interesting point. Like it's, I'm not. I I guess I'm not totally sure why that makes sense. That like you know, spending fifteen dollars for a virtual concert ticket isn't any, you know, it isn't all that different from spending $15 on an in-person concert ticket depending on how you look at it. And and so, like, it's not really added friction that's pushing people away. I think that's what I'm getting at is, like, it's that opportunity is still there. Uh, Yeah. You know, so, but, but kind of sticking in in this world of like adapting it to you know adapting concerts to remote digital participation like we've spent a lot of time talking about the the concert experience and i guess i'm wondering how you all tried to make sure you get the most enjoyable experience at home because the other overarching thrust of the internet and technology over the last decade has been more screens multitasking all the time. And that Mm -hmm. is like, you know, 
Pierce, we've <laughs> certainly experienced our fair share of getting upset because people at concerts are spending as much or, or more time trying to make sure that they get a good uh, video or, or perhaps more accurately 17 good videos of the concert than they are actually being there and, and being present. So, like, how did you guys try to make sure that you were doing it right, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, we – I watched it with Bridget. She actually got me a ticket for my birthday. Um, and we, I mean, really just kind of made sort of an evening out of it. I think when you, you're focused on, like, this is what we're doing, you put it on the big TV with the speakers. Um, we took all – turned all the lights off and just watched it as if it was, like, a movie or something. I mean, I think it's easy for when you're listening for at music um, – listening to music at home for it to just be – background to whatever it is you're doing and i think the change was just focusing on like this is what we're doing for the next it was about an hour and a half um that's really the only the only thing we did i Mm -hmm. mean i know that from it's not really what you asked about but i know that part of the reasons i don't like concerts sometimes is they can be too loud um the booze is expensive the crowds can be annoying um there's a line for the bathroom so you can imagine how all those things went for my at home concert experience um i really liked it from all those aspects i had you know my own i'm not gonna say free beer but you know free to me beer and 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 uh my own bathroom and all that the the creature comforts were there so i think for me it was like there was some some added bonuses but in terms of just getting into the the concert i'd say was really just you know focusing on like oh this is what we're watching I, I we didn't have multiple screens going or anything like that um even though there was an nba finals game on at the time i mean that all makes sense i mean you know speaking of nba finals it's just like it's the those are the same reasons that you know in a lot of ways the experience of watching a, a sporting event on tv either from home or even like at a bar it's just better than being there because you don't have to pay overinflated stadium prices and all that stuff, even though. And, and so when you're doing like the balancing, the the cost benefit of those things versus losing the kind of in-person atmosphere, like that adds up. Like I don't, I don't have a particularly compelling desire to go back to sporting events. Uh, anytime soon even even once it's been cleared and even once you know well after uh our our leaders have cleared it it's actually deemed to be safe and healthy um but but concerts seem to me like a thing for like from in my calculus and, and i know that i asked both of you a question and then cut pierce off before he could answer but like for me no no the I, cost I, benefit I of the of losing the in-person atmosphere at a concert, I think has probably subconsciously been something that has kept me from plunking down money to, to participate in those things. Yeah. And, and Sean, you've, you've gotten to something that I, I think it's, it's been, it's been hard for me. I mean, as you know, because you've edited it, I average about two concerts a month over the last like three years. Um, and to see, uh, we should give a shout. U Street Music Hall in DC uh, is is now is now closed uh, forever, um, and this is going to happen. So these are spaces, and you know, Max, to your point, that you can make a night out of it. 
yeah, the the fifteen dollars you know ticket. There's you know maybe that's not that much. It's a big difference when you are going to a place and you know that the ticket might be the least expensive thing of that evening. You are you are buying a whole experience. And Sean, to your point about not wanting to go to sporting events, the difference between sporting events and concerts is these are both entertainers. Uh, athletes are incredible as well as are these these artists. But these artists, these musical artists, they are ultimately playing for their audience. Uh, you know, I think probably 99% of the time, they're not just out out to perfect something. Even Monterey Pop, I watched, uh, I forgot his name, the guy who plays the sitar. Um, he oh, is Robbie playing Shanker. to... Yeah, he is playing to that audience. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, LeBron talks about the man in the arena all the time. And, you know, I think Michael Jordan talked about, oh, you know, I'm imagining that this is the only time these people ever play. But there's a competitive aspect, too. Whereas if you are in a concert venue, that person is playing to the crowd and they're feeling the pressure based off of the crowd. And going back to Future Islands, I saw that a lot with them being used to the emotions of, of playing off the crowd and not not being there and they made up for some stuff in production value but ultimately i i felt for them because i knew they were missing it and you know looking at waxahachie and also sasami and how they dealt with kind of the loss of of what was there in the production i thought waxahachie was very personal and that's good because you want to connect you want to play to your fans when it's up there sasami did a different thing which is um, was also really cool, which is it was very conceptual. There was kind of um, thematic, almost like a play. So they they took something, they made this concert, and they made it unique. It's not just someone sitting on their guitar doing a YouTube live screen. You are getting something for going to this concert. And so I I applaud some of these production decisions that artists are making in recognition of how different uh, the format is. I mean, Max, I know that you were pretty impressed with, with some of the production from, from Future Islands. Yeah, and I mean, I so I clearly, I don't go to as many concerts as, as either of you, and certainly not as many as Pierce. Um, and I, I would say that, you know, there's 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 value in, in real-life concerts that even though I don't really enjoy them, I, I desperately miss it, and I would desperately like to go to a concert. But even during the before time and the after time, I'm personally content going to one, maybe two concerts a year. That's about mm. where I'm at. But this was new to me in the sense that with this virtual concert, I would I would happily attend one or two of these every every month or so. I mean, it was just it was so much easier for me to to enjoy without all of the the hurdles that come with going to a, a concert, and I, I'm still able to support the artist, which I, I love. So I really hope it, it catches on. I mean, in terms of the production value, I, I just thought it was really, it was really well, it was, it was filmed with at least three cameras, maybe more. Um, and it was produced in such a way that it was just like very, very high definition, very high quality. Um, a lot of shots that you, you know, you wouldn't get from, it wasn't like just like one camera filming them playing. It was much more of like a, like a put on, Show it was a production. With lights and and fog. It was yeah. a production, exactly. Um, and they yeah. did actually kind of split the difference. They had the production for about an hour, and then for their I guess encore, you'd call it. They did just have a single camera filming them in a well lit room. It was it was interesting that they tried to kind of have both, like the ominous 
this is just COVID, but then the before of the, of the, of the performance. Um, Mm -hmm. But everything, yeah, the sound quality, the the picture quality, the effects, I mean, to, to Pierce's point, yeah, it was definitely like as much as you're missing the crowd and the energy, you can sure, you can be sure that they're missing it threefold. But, um, Yeah. yeah, but I still really just, I just enjoyed the, the performance, the ability to really feel like I see, saw them live without, going somewhere and seeing them. And so from that perspective, like I, I, I think there is a hopefully a future where this becomes more common. I also really thought one other thing is that um, it was neat that their stage was a circle and they were all, there's uh, three band members um, or four. No, there's, there's there, there are four, there's there four, four band members. Yeah. Three. And then the, the singer uh, and they were all standing in the circle uh, facing inward, facing each other. And I mm-hmm. thought that that was really oh, neat cool. and something that like only really works with a virtual concert, uh, mm-hmm. but it works really well. So it's almost like they were they could play to each other, but then still play to the to the fans. And so and and so that all those things together just made it for a really wonderful um, experience for me. Yeah, I, I think Max, you've hit on something that is ultimately the question we've we've been asking for months now. With with a good deal of our topics is, will this remain does this become part of the new stability i i don't know i think it will be here for a while i think it will be here until you know well if there are any concert venues left then yeah it's going to continue because there's going to be no other way to see concerts um but i i think that through the winter and and depending how the the spring goes is is because i'm sure concert venues will be one of the last things to open not to mention a lot of the states that might open them quickly are not places that a lot of artists are like, let me let me go play in this state that is pretty rural. Um, that's just there aren't a lot of opportunities for them there to say it mm-hmm. in a, an even handed way. Um, so so I think that there will be more of these. I know I'm going to one for Aquaville River uh, later this month, and I am hopeful that artists do them if for no other reason than. Max, to your point, I want to give them. I want to give them money, and if they do things like this, which is a lot, you know what it reminds me most of is the KEXP videos, which are some of my favorite things to watch. I was going to say that exact thing about the the facing each other. It's it's something where that works for any format where your audience isn't right in front of you, and it's really great for those radio performances because they have a kind of like loose light feel to them because everybody's just like you know grinning and having a good time uh i think what i hope is i i'm not ready i guess i'm not ready to ponder like that this format being the only available format for an extended period even though i know that that is almost certainly the case for all of the reasons that you just discussed but being optimistic and and looking ahead to a a brighter future I I want this to stick around even when you know in-person attendance is back I I want it to stick around not as a replacement but as an add-on I mean can you imagine how much better you know or not even better but just like how much more vibrant that experience would have been if you guys were we're watching future islands play and Sam Herring could actually feed off of some port, you know, some live audience. That would be amazing. 
yeah. would be really great. Mm-hmm. And and like I know, you know, the ideal for me is still going to concerts in person. But like even before uh even before the the pandemic hit, like Pierce, you and I had been talking about maybe going to some concerts in April and I ultimately couldn't I, I realized that I wouldn't have been able to go to any of them anyway because of my class schedule and by the time I got from College Park back to my apartment and got into DC to go to a show like I, I would have been late and it would have been just a nightmare to get back up to Maryland late at night on a weekday but like if I could have just like hustled home and logged in you know to to the equivalent of of Zoom to to watch coincidentally Waxahachie perform yeah. I would have loved that it would have been really great yeah so yeah. I, I think I think the thing you know you're you're correct that so much of what we're we're talking about lately is like will this thing remain and I guess I'm trying to look on the positive side that you know with necessity being the mother of invention we've hit on some pretty cool stuff in the last six months that I hope sticks around in some form even when yeah. the world is back to something that vaguely resembles normal i just i uh, hope that we can do a good job of stitching it all together properly yeah. max were you gonna say something no okay. i just i i agree i think that yeah. there would be a really it, cool way to keep it going and, and being able to virtually attend even a concert with with an in-person audience would be i didn't even think of that but that would be i mean neat as well it's like it, I, I i am curious there's there's one piece i'm curious about which is just like i don't know how profitable this type of thing is my gut is it it's probably makes them money um it's better than the alternative yeah right now i, I mean i would i would say with that like if if you start to have Sean to your point a, a hybrid model, I'm sure the controls would have to be in place so that people are still going to the concerts and you're not like losing money. But yeah. um, what I'd say is one thing that makes me think about and why I, I hope it remains. Yes, is that I've been to concerts before with people who are claustrophobic or, or anxious in some way. Concerts are really hard. I've been to concerts where they're as accommodating as possible with uh, people with mobility issues. Um, and, and I just think that there are a lot of people out there and we talk all the time right now about people who are at risk for different things, uh, in the disease world and having medical conditions. And this is an example of, we've been reflecting on, you know, equity and everything else and, and access to, to different things. And it's not just the essential services, but it is also the things that help your well being. And, and yeah. if there's one thing I will hope for in this is, yeah, your point Let's do this more so that more people can feel good and get to participate in this, honestly, discourse of rocking out and having a good time. Yeah, like no one, no one, no one ought be denied the ability to have like a, you know, a fulfilling life. We're we're, policy, policy on this, on this front focuses a lot on making sure no one faces undue hardships in the essentials. And that's really important. That absolutely is like the bedrock. You can't, we can't function as a society unless like, you know, everyone can get into government buildings 
like you know you you have to have ramps and 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 all of those accommodations are super important because life literally doesn't function without it but there there's all this other stuff too that makes life really meaningful and enjoyable and that is i think what you're what you're talking about at couldn't possibly agree more just like everyone should be able to access the things that make life sweet in in a way that is doable for them especially during a plague especially during a plague all right so now that we've uh we shifted into sermon mode uh that's usually a solid signal that it's time for us to wrap up and move on to Pierce's sorry. Oh, wait, no. We've got a closing thought. Well, I just want to give it, because it's not going to be the thing from pop culture, so i got to give a shout-out to um, check out Future Island's new album, As Long As You Are. came out um, last week, and it's really good. It's excellent. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Now that now that we've done I had our to say, promo, I can't talk about the concert for thirty minutes and not mention the album name. Yeah. I, I no, I, I understand that. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's move on to Pierce's sorry. And what are you apologizing for today? Well, actually, this apology is is for Max. Max, I'm oh. apologizing to you. Uh, so so we talked about the the corporate overlord holiday that's today. The uh, there are actually two corporate overlord holidays today because Apple also announced their new fleet of iPhones. Um, Max, are you f- are you familiar with this? No, I had I had no idea. I think you're going to be excited, and I am apologizing you today because one of the things that Apple announced is the iPhone. I think I believe it's called the iPhone 12 Mini. So it's a smaller version of an iPhone. It is smaller than the iPhone SE. And I know you are a big fan of smaller phones. Let me tell you, this thing is adorable and also like fully functional. And so I know we've talked before. I disagreed with your uh, interest in the smaller phone. And that was – I've been proven wrong by our corporate overlords. And – at seven hundred dollars, it is their their lowest priced one, and it basically has everything you'd want in a phone, unless you're some big video doer on your your iPhone, wow. or a or a clumsy oaf with the medical condition clinically known as sausage fingers, like me. <laughs> uh, that might be on a smaller phone. I mean, we did the smaller screens before, but you might have gotten used to the the bigger key areas. So so. You might have some issues with a larger phone, but yeah, you look it up, Max. It's it's adorable. It is it is the cutest, but also fully functional product. It you know I remember seeing the iPod Nano and being like, oh, that's delightful, and that was my feeling today. <laughs> okay, so uh, all you right. guys remember the iPod Shuffle? <laughs> to, 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 but not fully. Screen. That might be a topic for a different time, but it's like there, there's like, there's this like valley of we're small and fully functional, and then you either get to the uh, – and then you start moving away from fully functional to it's just small and cute. That was mm-hmm. just small and cute. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, okay. The uh, next next time we'll discuss how uh, the iPod Shuffle actually made the way that lots of people listen to music now. 
but oh. in the meantime, we'll close with a big idea from pop culture. Uh, and while you guys were watching Future Islands, uh, Emily was here visiting DC, and uh, we got to watching a show that we had been kind of holding on to for a little bit. Uh, Ted Lasso. Oh. oh, okay, I'm interested. So Ted Lasso is a character originally developed to help shill NBC's Premier League coverage. Uh, it's, it's a guy played by Jason Sudeikis. He's an American football coach uh, with a Midwestern accent, little little twang, uh, who gets hired to coach Tottenham Hotspur, a a bona fide real Premier League team. And the whole, it's a series of two, maybe they actually made a third uh, kind of longer videos, like three to six minute type deals uh, that are basically just fish out of water stories about him, you know, going and, and really just totally failing to grasp the culture, not understanding the rules. Uh, and he's got this foil named Coach Beard, his his assistant coach, who is named presumably for his big bushy beard, who actually does know everything, uh, and is is like up on all the rules and knows what's going on. Uh, and it was just like a fun, silly thing uh, that that I was kind of unexpected and and was delightful. And then Apple like bought it up and turned it into an entire scripted TV series about Ted Lasso getting hired at a a fictional Premier League team um, by an owner. I I think they... Well... Actually, yeah, it's not... I don't think it's giving anything away to say that the owner is essentially trying to major league the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And, and, and so uh, they, they hire this fish out of water American and, and it's just like, it's a very silly show. Uh, the, the characters are all total caricatures. Uh, the, the uh, pretty boy star player, the aging, angry captain, uh, it's just it's great, and and, and it's a, a silly show that uh, I don't think is going to win uh, any plaudits as being like prestige television, but it's just it's fun and it's sweet and it has a heart and it was kind of exactly what I needed uh, over the weekend. And so, if you happen to have Apple TV Plus, uh, that's pretty much the well that is the only way to watch it. Uh, which is a bummer. Uh, but really, if you've bought a new Apple device in yeah. uh, in 2020, you should already have it. Uh, or, or you know, if you go buy yourself an iPhone 12 mini. Uh, so if, if you happen to be in the Apple TV Plus ecosystem, Ted Lasso is a fun time. Uh, so yeah. hopefully some of you will go enjoy that too. Big stamps of approval today across the world. We got music, we got devices, we got streaming services. Hot damn. You're welcome. Yeah. 
Uh, and that is the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. You can subscribe to the podcast feed on your app and device of choice. Yes, we will be available on the iPhone 12 mini when it comes out. Uh, mm-hmm. If you do that, please leave us a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share it with them, too. We'll be back again next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. Come back. Thanks for listening.